Welcome to the Providence Community Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Nathan Herndon. If you would like to stay connected with us, download our app, Providence Community, or visit our website, providencecommunity.org. Am I on? Okay, I'm good. Okay. Hey, this morning as we were worshiping, do you guys know Tom and Cindy Sidling sitting over here? Do you see them? New friends of our house, which has transitioned uh, youth ministry into their capable hands. They were Adrian's youth pastor, and, and I think she's pretty special. It's my wife. Um, and, uh, but uh, Tom came up to me with tears in his eyes. He says, hey, think of heaven right now. Can you imagine what the angels are doing in heaven? All the elders in heaven, can you, can you imagine that? And so if you, if you ever begin to worry about, is it too spicy in here? <laughs> if you ever get to say, you know, like, are there too many flags? Are there too many shofars in the house? Or I don't even get that. It, neither do I. It doesn't matter. All right? If someone wants to blow one where we let them here. All right? Uh, because in heaven, there's... There's, a, 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 there's no boundaries to the worship that all of heaven heaps on Jesus all the time. And so this day, I really, really uh, want to enter into that. I want our hearts to enter into that. I, I want us to genuinely and truly get it. There's, there's so many of us for so long had a religious version of today. But I just, I believe that these are days where God is wanting to take religion from the head and ram it fully into the depths of our hearts. Where with all of us, he is getting us, amen? So I, I, I can say that with confidence because I know that, that Jesus is a li- our living hope, our living God. And so he is doing it in these days. And so I just, just pray just right from the start, guys. So whatever God is doing in your heart, don't turn that off. Just welcome him in to do what he wants to do more and more. Um, he's scarier than you know, but way better. All right? And he'll call you out of comfort in a, in a flash, if, if you'll ask him, um, into the greatest adventure of your life. Amen to that? Hey, do you all mind if I just share a word with you uh, this morning um, that, uh, that is on my heart? I, for weeks, <clears throat> I, had, I had this uh, word uh, on my heart is that the center of all history. And uh, hey, brother, I miss you, man. It's good to see you. <laughs> but the center of all history, and I, I want to start out right from the beginning. I'm going to give you like a short message on the center of all history as the foundation for where I believe the Spirit is is leading us this morning because let me just tell you the, the end from the beginning. I, I really believe on this Resurrection Sunday that God wants to break rejection in your heart. I really believe that. I think that so many of us have, have been carrying rejection around for so long. Listen, if it feels uncomfortable, if that if that's, feels like you know, you're, you're being stepped on, just enjoy the pressure. Because so many of us have gotten so comfortable with rejection and, and you, you're actually allowing it, you're allowing bitterness to stay in your heart because of rejection. You're allowing, to stay, you're allowing yourself to stay on the bench of your life because of rejection. You've adopted a victim mentality because of rejection. You're telling yourself lies that rejection speaks that you don't know any, any difference with the truth from the lie anymore. And I believe that, that 
that God wants us to experience the acceptance that comes from Jesus, not the rejection that comes from Pharisees. Re- the, the rejection is a spirit that comes from a religion that doesn't actually know Jesus. So this morning, I really believe that, that God's going to do that. But here, let me tell you, the, the foundation for that is, is, first of all, that you've got to know that you are not the center of history. When I say the center of all history, I do not mean you, and I do not mean me. I do not mean people. I, I mean one man named Jesus, who is the center of it all. All right? You were not made for angelic worship of yourself. The cross does not put you in the middle. The cross puts Jesus in the middle and welcomes you to be a part of that glory. That is what, the cross does not put you in the middle where Jesus himself is worshiping you. That's not what biblical love is, friends. Biblical love is not the elevation of yourself. (laughs) Biblical love is, is the, in the goodness of God, he lets you be a part of the treasure of the universe. And he gives you the greatest thing you could ever have, which is him. Jesus, when I say the center of all history, I'm saying this, that Jesus is not just the means by which you get to heaven. That is not the gospel. Many of us have embraced a gospel where we use Jesus to get to heaven, and heaven to us is a mansion because we've never had one, streets of gold because we think they're nice, a family reunion forever because we love our family more than him. But the biblical call of the gospel is not just to use Jesus, but Jesus is the way, but he's also the truth and the life. That means he is the, he is the goal you were created for. And heaven without Jesus is not heaven. And Jesus has to be the center of your heaven. So I'm saying the center of all history, I'm saying that I believe that the Spirit is moving in such a way that he's calling you to make the most of Jesus for the rest of your life. And that's where the power is, and that's where the fun is, and that's where the dancing starts. It's the center of all history. But it's it's Jesus, being the center of all history, has done what history could never imagine or or never will. (laughs) Because of all, all history from the past, before Christ, and all history in the future, that's after the death of Christ, points to the cross of Christ as the center what Jesus did on the cross is he, he demonstrated his love for you. If you ever wonder, if, does God love me? Well, you look to the cross and you, you see the demonstration of the Father's love. And you also look to the cross and, and you see that, uh, that all of your sins can be gone through faith because Jesus paid for everything that would keep you from him who is the best and who is the center forever. So Jesus is demonstrating his love. He's, Jesus is wiping, wiping away all your sins, casting them as far as the east is from the west. And then the Father, in raising Jesus on the third day, do you know that Jesus didn't raise himself? It was the Father's smile. It's the Father vindicating his righteousness. He passed over sin for centuries. Goats, rams, lambs, oxen, pigeons, they, they never took care of sin. They only pointed us to the cross. And when the father raises the son on the third day, it's the vindication of his righteousness and holiness. And it's basically him saying, my son's payment worked. Let's party. 
So I want to I want to speak today that the center of all history is Jesus, and what what he has done, dying for us on the cross, demonstrating his love, paying for our sins, and the Father raising him to life, declaring, "Let's party! This this worked." Now let's get to rejection. I want to speak to rejection today because what what I what I just did is I talked to the door. I talked of the door of acceptance, where you don't need more self-motivation. You don't need to feel better about yourself by some worldly means. You need to know who God says you are if you are in Christ. Or you need to know who God says you can be should you receive Christ. <laughs> the center of it all. But it's interesting that, that many of us, it is rejection that keeps us from God. When the cross speaks acceptance, we actually think, no, I've been running from God all of my life. There was no way that I could be accepted. But listen to this. In the gospel story, your, your part was to run. Hello? And Jesus' part was to find. You see this? It's Jesus, but I ran from you. Well, that was exactly what you were supposed to do in your sin. Run from God. And God doesn't reject you for doing that. God comes after you and wants to forgive you. Yeah. I hope this makes sense. Because many of us, like, the religion tells us we, we haven't done enough to get to God, but the, but the beauty of the cross is that, that God came to us and he tracked us down when we could never get to him. And so many of the, the stories and the narratives we tell ourselves about why God rejects us are the enemy's last feeble attempt at keeping us from the cross. Isaiah 53, listen to this, because Jesus actually knows something about rejection. Isaiah 53, verse 3. This is Isaiah speaking hundreds of years before the cross of the Messiah who is coming. And Isaiah 53, verse 3 says this. He, that's the Messiah, was despised and rejected by men. Do you see that? All over the place. I was going to, I was going to really, in a, in a very pastoral way, using pastoral illustrations. I was going to wow you by my intellect and years of study on the center of all history, but God would not let me do that. Praise. God would not let me go any place where, where I could, could hide from the reality that Jesus knows what it is to be rejected. Isaiah 53, even centuries before Jesus came, God is prophesying the rejection of his son. I know many of us, like, I, I've, got, I've got stories of, of rejection in my own life, right? I think all of us did. If we passed a mic around this room, we could be here a long time talking about rejection stories. I remember as a little kid visiting my grandmother in the nursing home and my brother Philip and I, who he did a pretty fantastic job, amen, right? We take my grandmother a picture of the two of us, like being brothers and smiling, and we're like, here, Grandma. <laughs> you can have this to always remember us. And she took the picture, looks at it, tears it in half, tells us where to go, and then calls us dirty dogs. <laughs> Grandma? <laughs> That'll mess somebody up when you're nine, right? And so, so many of us, we, we have story after story after story of that. So many of our lives, we actually, we feel like our life is American Idol. And we're trying to be popular, but the popular people don't like us. Let me tell you this, the center of all history likes you. And he knows what it is to be rejected, but he's also made a way for you to be accepted. 
And Isaiah 53, 3 says this, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Now esteemed him not, we don't talk like that today. Esteemed him not basically means God was among us and we didn't even respect him. We didn't even notice him. We hid our face from him. He is not who we thought he would be. He did not live the kind of conquering life we thought he would live. But it only points to our blindness, not the reality. Jesus is familiar with when, when he doesn't live up to our expectations. Jesus is familiar with rejection. I, I, it's interesting that today as we celebrate the single greatest act of love that has ever been or ever will be, it's actually that the, the cross is actually set in the context of rejection. Do you know that? Jesus knows this pain, friends. Jesus knows the pain of being rejected. We often think of Jesus being surrounded by people and just being famous and everybody making a big deal of Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and wow, heal me and heal my mom, heal my brother and heal us fast. Feed us, feed us. And when you feed us on this side of the lake and sail to the other side, we run to the other side to meet you there and Jesus is popular. But Jesus is popular while he's meeting people's expectations. But when he actually does what he came to do, we reject him. We think of Jesus and his fame, but this, this I, I'm not trying to be a downer today, but I promise you, this is gonna be a springboard for fun. If we just think, we, we've, we've rejected Jesus. This is one of the world's problems is Jesus came saying, I wanna give you life, and I wanna give it to uh, you to the full. That's in my heart, and I'm not gonna ask you to try for it. I'm gonna pay for it. I reject that. Why? Because I we have a long list of reasons why. But G Jesus knows. Do you ever think that it hurts Jesus' heart when he's offering us himself and we would prefer something else? That is what the definition of sin is, my friends, wanting anything else other than him. And you look at Jesus when Jesus is riding into Jerusalem on the donkey on Palm Sunday, which we celebrated last week fiercely. Loved it. Got hit in the face with so many palm fronds. So good, up my nose and everything. I was like, oh, it tickles. This is church. <laughs> but Jesus rides, rides into Jerusalem. And in Matthew, you, you see that, that Jesus sits on the hill and overlooking Jerusalem and begins to weep. Why does he weep? Does he weep over the sins of the people? Not necessarily. He weeps that he doesn't have the hearts of his children. He says, he says Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that stones the prophets. In other words, rejects my messengers. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that's operating in rejection. How, you know what I wanna do? I wanna take you like a mother hen takes chicks and I wanna hold you close to my heart, but you've rejected that idea. You've rejected that. Jesus knows how it is to feel this and be this. The, the, the word rejection is, is actually comes in two parts. It's when you break it down. It's rejection is the, the refusal of a proposal. And the proposal, the proposal that Jesus is, is making to us is, is he's getting on a knee and he's bowing to his bride and he's saying, be mine. And rejection is the bride saying, I can do better. 
That is what sin is. Guys, listen, sin, isn't, sin is not, not missing the mark in a target practice. If you're not Robin Hood, you know, like, no, I always hit them. Well, that is not, sin is not underperforming, it's underpreferring. And rejection is Jesus is on a knee saying, marry me. Jesus is, is saying, I'm going to pay for your adoption. I want you to come into my family. I want, I want you to be mine. I, I, could, I could do better. That's rejection. But rejection is also this. Re- re- rejection is spurning a person's affections. So all the affections of God that scare us. We don't like thinking about calling God dad. And rightly so in some ways. So many of us haven't had dads that give a rip about us. And we never knew the affection of their heart. We knew the anger of their heart. God forgive us, right? That is not how the, the Father's heart breaks like Jesus did when he, when he was looking over Jerusalem. And he cries for us and he wants us and he wants to gather us. That is the true heart of God. And many times we're like, I don't want to be gathered by you. I've got other things that I want to live for. I've got other places that I want to live for. I've got other dreams that I want to live for. They'll make me so much more happy than you ever will. Now this is what Jesus knows from people. Does that ever sound familiar? Jesus weeping over Jerusalem for killing his messengers and ultimately killing him. John chapter one, verse 11, John says this, he meaning Jesus came to his own, that's his people that he had created and his own people did not receive him. In other words, they rejected him. Matthew chapter eight, verse 34, Jesus is ministering and delivering people from their satanic bondage. The whole city gathers and beg him to not just leave their town, but leave our region. Luke chapter four, verse 28 and 29. People became furious after Jesus got up in the temple and read Isaiah 61, the prophet, and said, I am the fulfillment of what I just read. And the Pharisees hated that, so they, they riled up the crowd, and the whole crowd tried to throw Jesus off the brow of a hill. But Jesus made his way through the crowd unnoticed somehow. I don't know exactly how. It's probably because he's God. Luke chapter 23, the palm frond waving people who were just calling Jesus the Messiah and the Deliverer, understanding their definition of salvation was, was a political liberation. But completely missing the reality that before you're liberated politically, you must be liberated spiritually. And that means your sins must be paid for, atoned for, and you must be delivered by the love of Jesus found at the cross. But Luke 23, the people that were screaming for Jesus's kingship are now screaming for Barabbas instead of Jesus. We want a political leader. Okay, here you go. And then you, let's, let's hit home a little bit more because it's one thing to be rejected by crowds that you don't really know well, but it's another thing to be rejected by those closest to you. So how about a guy named Judas who hung out and lived with Jesus and laughed and joked and played and loved and saw Jesus, that he's the same up front as he is behind He's the same sleeping as he is awake. Judas literally laid eyes on the incarnate son of God. And when he's offered 30 pieces of silver, he's like, yeah, 
Yeah. When Jesus says, Peter, James, John, he takes them to a garden. He says, stay up with me and contend with me in prayer. They sleep every time. Jesus tries three times, finds that he's very alone. And when it gets dangerous, those who pledge their allegiance rant. Jesus knows what it is to be rejected, my friends. In fact, the rejection that Jesus has experienced is far greater than any rejection we would ever take. You know what you need to do? Is I, This would be really helpful for us. You take all of your rejection and you just let it bow to Jesus's. I, so, so many times, like, Jesus, like, do you ever see Jesus playing the victim? He's been rejected more than anybody ever has. <laughs> Wrongly so. And here Jesus is never playing the victim. He's never operating in, uh, in a rejection mentality or, or a spirit of rejection. He is always, he is always, 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 always just about his father's business despite, despite it. Jesus was just good being with his dad. That's all I need. That's all I need. But here's the reality that Christ reject, uh, Christ's rejection, as horrible as it was, it was actually the doorway for your and my acceptance. Did you know that? When we talk about Jesus being rejected, Jesus was rejected not just in general, but he was rejected for a, a purpose. Did you, did you see this in, in Isaiah chapter 53? He was despised and rejected by men. Listen, this, is, this made it into the realm of the prophets. The, the father is saying, I'm sending my son who's going to be rejected, and that, that's a part of this thing. You see this? Because it's in Christ's rejection that the door to our acceptance will be opened. If you, if you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21, um, Jesus is telling the Pharisees a story. And the Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day that Jesus lived in. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the lawyers. These were all the people that were, that were kind of leading the charge, so to speak, religiously after God. But Jesus shows up and completely turns their world upside down. And they never liked that well. And Jesus told this, the Pharisees a story about, uh, about a rich man who bought a plot of land and turned it into a vineyard. And he rented the vineyard out. And um, to people who farmed the vineyard. And the day came when it came to, you know, collect the fruit of the of the harvest, and so the landowner sent some of his messengers, and the, the farmers actually killed the messengers. And so the owner goes, huh, that's weird. I, maybe I'll send more messengers. Maybe the, there's, there's a, you know, a strength in numbers here. Maybe they just didn't hear from the two. Maybe they, they needed to hear from, from more like 12. And so, so the, the owner sends 12, and they do the same thing to these messengers. They, they kill them all. And then the owner says, well, well they... they they maybe killed my messengers, but they surely won't kill my son. So the landowner sends his own son. And the people see the son and they say, wow, this is, this is a great opportunity to kill him and become the heir. And so they kill the son. And Jesus is telling the story. He's telling it to the, to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are starting to get uh, nervous. 
because they know that Jesus is talking about them. I've sent my prophets to you, you've killed them. I've sent more prophets to you, they've killed them. The Father has sent the Son who's standing right in front of you, but you won't receive him. But listen to this. Here's, what, here's why I'm telling you this story. Listen to this. Here's the beautiful part of this story. Here's, here's the, the, the climactic ending to this story. is Matthew 21, 42, and Jesus says to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing and is marvelous in our eyes. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is an image of, of builders who may be experts in their craft and they're building a facility, they're building a, let's say a temple, they're, they're building a, a building and they're discarding all of the blocks and all of the bricks and all of the stones that aren't good enough to make it into the building. And they, they take one stone and they say, not good enough, and they throw it to the side. And, here's, and so, and in other words, they're operating in, re, in rejection. But here's, here's what Jesus is saying, is Jesus is saying that I who am not accepted, rather rejected by the religious leaders of today, God has made the chief cornerstone in the universe. What everyone else rejected, God has made the center of all history. And the good news, the reality is what the world rejected, being Jesus, God actually used to be the centerpiece of everything. And his death, demonstration of, of his love. In his death, payment for sin. In his resurrection, the Father saying, let's have fun, it worked. Religious leaders rejected Jesus, and while he is the center of it all. How about this one, though? That rejection actually originates from the religious spirit. It does not originate from God. In the heart of God, he wants you. You know that? The Pharisees embodied this religious spirit. You, you see this. Here's how they thought, and you go to you know, Matthew 21, the same thing. If you go down to the bottom, when Jesus dropped this truth bomb on them, they say this, that when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard this parable, they perceived that he was speaking about them. And although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. All right, now let me tell you a little bit about this religious or this, uh, this rejection spirit, which really comes from the religious pharisaical spirit, is that this religious pharisaical spirit cares mostly about reputation. While Jesus is a man of no reputation, and so are his disciples, not caring about reputation, caring about truth, caring about people, caring about his father. The Pharisees only do not what they, not what they hear the father saying, but they only do what they feel the crowd saying. So if you've been hurt by the church, if you've been hurt in the church, if you've been hurt by someone who claims to be a Christian, you, you've, been, you've been hurt by, by a, a religious leader in some capacity, I want to tell you, you're, you're hurt by someone operating in the religious spirit. That is not the spirit of Jesus. Or you, you were hurt by someone who exposed your religious spirit. You hear that? That many times we say, oh, I was, I was hurt in the church and they're no good and they're no good and they're no, I, I was just, it's really bad. It's lots of pain, lots of pain, lots of pain. Sometimes it is. What family does not have that? 
But sometimes what it is, is a pure-hearted church exposing your religious spirit, yo. You know that? Woo! Merry Christmas. You know, and happy everything else. This is the best news you could ever hear. Have you ever tried? And when, when thoughts of rejection and bitterness and all kinds of things are flooding your mind, have you ever tried to look in the mirror and say, God, take me deeper? Is there any place in me that is a Pharisee and not like Jesus? You ever done that? See, I actually think that what's keeping many from receiving Jesus is the comfort of being a Pharisee. It is much easier to tell everybody how they hurt you than it is to be loving and kind. Come on. Woo! Come on. But what's keeping many people from receiving Jesus is the pain of pharisaical religious rejection. Remember, remember when my, what I told you about my grandma, how she tore the picture of me and my brother in half and she told us where to go and she called us dirty dogs, <laughs> right? People that are, that are, out of touch with the acceptance of Jesus and only in touch with what the crowd says will be crushed by that forever, right? And maybe you fill in the blank on that one. If you're out of touch with what Jesus says about you or you have a mixed message about what Jesus says about you and what Jesus says about you is at the cross, I wanted you, I paid for you, come on, let's have fun. The Father's saying it, the Son's saying it, the Spirit is declaring it. But many times if we don't know the message of acceptance in the cross and we're just operating in the pain of our rejection, we would, that, that kind of thing will mess us up forever. But here Jesus is, is saying, I don't, I, the, the cross is this. It is, it is not me coming to reject you and correct you. The cross is this. It's me coming because I want you and I want to accept you. And I'm not asking you to be somebody. I'm asking you to become who I say. I'm not asking you to earn it. I, I'm, I actually want, to, want you to run and I want to chase you down and I want to give you what you didn't deserve. That's, that's the beautiful thing. Listen, Jesus, who is the center of all history, is calling us out of our graves of rejection today on this Resurrection Sunday. Listen, he took rejection for you and now he offers acceptance through faith in Jesus Christ. Guys, uh, you know, it is as simple as that. It is as simple as that. I think many times we'll hear this message and say, oh, okay. Not really expecting that on Easter. But okay. And then we go right back to, because we go right back to trying for God and feeling miserable that we didn't. But God desires this resurrection day to break rejection off of his people. Guys, you've got to hear this. I, I feel so strong. I changed my whole message to say this. God wants to take all the rejection, the feelings of rejection. Jesus took all of those. He was the rejected one for you. And now what he offers you, if you will give him all the, all the, the pain of your rejection, what he offers you is the acceptance of him who is the center. When the coolest person in the room likes you, who cares if the others don't? The coolest person in history wants you and likes you. Woo! And his voice must become a louder voice than all the others. Guys, if we don't get this as the church, we're always gonna live in the grave. But if we do get this in life, dry bones will rattle. You hear this? There will be life again in dead places. 
It's like, it's like the, the Spirit is speaking. Remember what, this, what the angel spoke to Mary and, and Martha, or the ladies that went to the empty tomb? They said, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's alive. He's not dead. This is a grave. You don't look for life in the grave. Jesus has come. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Jesus paid for your acceptance. And all that you need to do to experience that acceptance where you, is, is this. is say, Jesus, I gave you my life. I give you my life. I put all my faith in you. All the ways that I tried to please you before, you were never looking for that. You were never looking for that. You were never looking for that. I was a, 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 a PK, pastor's son. And um, my dad was a pastor. I remember one Wednesday evening after I heard my dad preach about Jesus and something in my heart clicked and I started to sweat. And I started to know nothing in my life, I was seven years old, nothing in my life matters except for what I do with this moment. Jesus is literally calling me. He's on one knee. He's, he's being vulnerable. Do you want me or not? <laughs> what you do to Jesus is you receive him or reject him. And receiving him is just faith. It's just like, Jesus, I, I believe who you are. I believe in what you did. I believe that you are better than everything else. And I just want you. God, I know it's not going to be perfect, but I'm going to start becoming more like you because you're going to fire me up with God the Holy Spirit. So I, I think that the people today on this Resurrection Sunday can experience acceptance from Jesus and see rejection that you have that has been your norm die today. And the Pharisees were mind-blowing. How Jesus said, you travel across the sea to convert one person and then you make them more a child of hell than you are by heaping all kinds of do's and don'ts and can'ts and won'ts on their back. And Jesus just wants you and he's paid for you. And he says, trust me and trust me and trust me and trust me. I wonder how many people here this morning would say from your heart, Jesus, I've been trying to bless you. I've been trying to be a good person. South Central Pennsylvania is filled with good farm boys and girls, right? Know how to drive a tractor before I was seven. You know, we, we know all that stuff, good morals, whatever. If you could be saved from your good morals, why'd Jesus die on the cross? <laughs> and so we're taking what we think is the good part of our culture and we're holding it up and we're offering it to God as righteousness. But that is what curses you. And what Jesus has done is he has perfectly died on the cross for you and then he offers you his righteousness. Your acceptance hinges on you receiving the righteousness of Christ, not trying to offer God yours. Your righteousness, filthy rags. You never get there. Jesus perfectly died activating his righteousness for whoever will receive it. So it's interesting that Jesus took rejection and now what he wants, receive me, receive me, my righteousness, receive my righteousness. I wonder how many people this morning want the righteousness of Jesus as 
greater and far better than anything else that you could ever ask or imagine. I wonder, even in the, in the quietness of your heart, I want you to answer that question. Do you want Jesus over everything else? Do you put your hope and your faith and your trust and everything in him so he will be your center or do you want the small pitiful life of you being the center trying hard to your dying day? Which one do you want? We can reject the one and receive the other. I just believe that, that this morning, God is calling people, lay down all your efforts, lay down all your striving. Those are dead places. You don't find life there. I believe that God is saying, take my son's righteousness. Take my acceptance. It's the, I, it was purchased at the cross for you. You just need to receive it. And some people, you know what? You can put your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and the father's work of raising his son from the grave right now and have life. Right now, some of you just need to do that right now. Don't wait till a lunch that may never come. Right now is the time that you can be saved. Right now, cry out to God, oh God, I'm so sorry for trying to offer you a righteousness of mine that you were never even asking for. You, you made available your son's righteousness through faith and I just want that. Just tell God, God, I just give you my life and I just receive all that you have for me. Is that good? Is that good? I hope so. <laughs> oh, Lord. Guys, can I just pray for you right now? And, and I feel like, you know, it, it's about time for us to go. But what happens in the, in the hearts of people, guys? What happens in the hearts of people when they were dead and their own stuff and their own rejection and they are raised to life by the spirit and power of Jesus is uh, they get very happy. Do you know that? There's a joy that comes from Jesus that the world needs. Amen. The church should look more joyful because they were dead, but are now alive. They were the ones on the outside, but now they're sons and daughters. They, they, they were trying, but now they're just accepted. And so there's a joy that comes from that. And I just believe that on a Resurrection Sunday, I'm going to pray for you, but on a Resurrection Sunday, I just feel like we need more, uh, more of a joy bomb than we've experienced. Do you, do you believe that? I believe that, that any dead bones still in this house just need to kind of rattle to life if you're catching my drift. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So Heavenly Father, I, I just pray your, your massive blessing, God, of grace. It is by grace we have been saved, not by works. You get all the glory, Jesus. It's by grace we've been saved through faith. This is not of ourselves. It's not by works, oh God. And I just pray, God, that just the simple truth of that is just receiving Jesus, not trying so hard for you. It's just receiving Jesus. I pray that that hits us. And I pray, God, that heaven's joy would activate within us as a result, God. And so I bless all these people today. I, I, uh, I, I call those in the house that still need Jesus, I call them to faith in Jesus, to lay down everything they ever knew and pick up Jesus Christ. And Lord, and I call the sons and daughters of, of this family, God, I, I call them to rejoice in a living hope, a living Lord, a resurrected Savior that has in fact successfully paid for our sins. God, we bless you, we celebrate you, and we thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you'd like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give online at providencecommunity.org. 